This is Making Babies, a podcast all about pregnancy. Pregnancy can be such a confusing and anxious time when parents are completely focused on the health of the mother and baby. There are so many questions and so much to learn about all the recommendations and current trends in pregnancy and childbirth. We hope this podcast can offer some answers in a scientific and medically accurate way and along the way provide some really interesting conversations. I'm Blythe Bernhard, medical reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I'm in my second pregnancy. So I share your curiosity and excitement about this incredible journey that is making babies. Today we're talking about the cutting of the cord. The cutting of the cord is one of the most exciting events that happens right after a baby's birth. Uh, For decades, doctors believed that it was important to get that cord cut right away, um, believing that it can help prevent hemorrhaging in the mother. Uh, Now there's more of a trend toward waiting a few minutes, letting baby absorb more of that nutritious cord blood. Um, There's a lot of iron in it and uh, can help prevent anemia in the baby. Um, The American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists says there isn't enough evidence for them to recommend one way or another on how long you should wait. Um, but the World Health Organization does recommend waiting at least one minute before cutting the cord. So we're talking today with the director of the Mercy Birthing Center, Elizabeth Cook. Uh, she's a certified nurse midwife. And um, we're interested to hear what you think about this trend toward delayed cord clamping. Uh, why do you think this is becoming a more popular option? Well, cord clamping is a topic of great interest to me, and in 2007, I published an article on it in the British Journal of Midwifery. So just for some background, you know, immediately after the birth of the baby, the cord is still pulsing, delivering oxygenated blood to the baby and taking waste products away from the baby's circulation. And at any given time, approximately 30% of the baby's blood volume is in the cord in the placenta. And physiologically, it takes about three to five minutes for that cord to stop pulsing and the baby's circulation to equilibrate. So just with definitions here, delayed cord clamping is defined by various organizations as either more than one minute after delivery of the baby, uh, one to three minutes after delivery, or three to five minutes, or after it's done pulsing. And early cord clamping is defined as cutting the cord either immediately after the birth of the baby or certainly within the first 30 seconds of life. So it's believed that historically delayed cord clamping, which has also been called physiologic cord closure, was used um, as standard practice. So when the blood was no longer flowing through the cord, it was cut and tied. And then about the mid-1900s became a common practice to immediately clamp and cut the cord, believing that this would help stop um, the postpartum hemorrhages and improve neonatal resuscitation. And really no study to date has shown any improved outcomes for moms um, from this practice. It's an ongoing area of research um, to see what this does for the babies with Judith Mercer being the leading researcher in this field. So in 2012, the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists issued a committee opinion stating, just like you said, that it is advantageous for preterm babies to do delayed cord clamping, but there's not enough evidence to condemn or condone the practice for healthy term infants. Um, Now, this was a committee opinion piece, not a systematic literature review or a randomized control trial. And, you know, numerous studies have shown support for delayed cord clamping with preterm infants, really the biggest advantage being that it improves circulation and perfusion, um, resulting in fewer brain bleeds. And I would concur with the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists that further research really is needed for those healthy term infants. Um, 
Now, it has been demonstrated that delayed cord clamping leads to increased iron levels even at six months of life. And iron, as we know, is critical for brain development, and that's a very crucial phase of a baby's growth. And a lack of iron at this time may have irreversible effects. And some have demonstrated even improved motor skills in these children up to four years of life or early improvement cognitive function or behavioral function. Now, the concern with delayed cord clamping is that it may increase the risk of jaundice, but really no study has shown that there is long-term clinical sequelae from this practice. And really, the leading um, international and national OBGYN organizations, um, by and large, do promote delayed cord clamping for term infants. So the World Health Organization, um, as you mentioned, recommends it at one to three minutes after delivery. The International Federation of Gynecology and Obstetrics also recommends delayed cord clamping. Um, The UK's Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and their National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, which are two leaders in the international OBGYN community, also recommend delayed cord clamping. The International Liaison Committee for Resuscitation recommends it. The American College of Nurse Midwives recommends clamping at two to five minutes. Um, Even 60% of OBGYN providers in Canada practice delayed cord clamping. In a 2013 Cochrane Review involving 15 trials with 4,000 babies, um, recommended a, quote, more liberal approach to delayed cord clamping in healthy term infants. So what does delayed cord clamping look like after a delivery? Um, Do you have to hold the baby below... So some of the studies um, have been done um, holding the baby below the level of the mother, and some have been done with the baby on the mother's abdomen, really at the level of the placenta. The practice we use here at the Mercy Birthing Center is just to put the baby up on mom's abdomen, skin to skin, with warm blankets over them, um, which is at the level of the placenta, and just wait for that baby's circulation to equilibrate. And then once the cord um, has stopped pulsating, then we'll clamp and cut it. Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about why iron is so important for a baby, and are they not getting that from their diet of breast milk? Uh, So if you think about even 30% of that baby's blood volume is in the cord and the placenta, that's a huge percentage. Um, And the iron from that, you know, is crucial really to the development of their nervous system that supports motor function, cognitive function, and even behavioral function. And it's really the timing of that deficiency that may be irreversible and is really being studied in the research right now as to the long-term effects that that can have. Um, what about if you have a C-section? Can you still do delayed cord clamping? For a stable baby, delayed cord clamping really is still possible with a cesarean birth. Um, the surgeons simply just wait a little bit longer with the baby on the field before they clamp and cut it um, and give it to the nurse or the pediatrician. You know, one alternative that's currently being researched is to either milk the cord or strip the cord to infuse more blood into the baby after delivery and is increasingly being considered a viable alternative for compromised infants or for situations when delayed cord clamping can't be utilized. Now, some European institutions and even a few in the United States um, now have infant resuscitation beds that just roll right up beside mom, whether she's had a vaginal delivery or a cesarean delivery, um, so that the baby is still attached to the cord and the medical personnel can provide resuscitative measures while mom and baby are still attached. Um, Is there some resistance, at least among physicians, have you heard about delayed cord clamping, that it 
takes too much time and they need to be worried about mom and sewing mom back up or whatever they need to be doing to take care of her. That Do you hear that? I think we're really seeing this as a growing trend um, across the states. And I think as the research comes out and the literature comes out, um, you know, it's certainly a viable option, particularly if that's what mom wants. I think most physicians are very willing to work with their clients, with their moms about what she would like. And, you know, if that baby is healthy and fine, can just go up on mom's abdomen and they can, you know, stitch and um, watch their bleeding and all while that's being done. So I don't feel like there is huge resistance in the country. I think, you know, as ACOG has pointed out, um, it's something that still needs to be researched more. We don't know that it's incredibly beneficial or harmful at this point. And I think as more comes out, you're going to see the trends move in that direction. And what about cord blood donation? Can that go along with delayed cord clamping or or can that not, can you not donate the cord blood? Well, there's a limited amount of blood in the cord really to get the full volume that you need for a cord blood donation or cord blood banking. It really is best to do early cord clamping. Okay. Um, and what about, you talked at the Mercy, that at the Mercy Birthing Center, you immediately place the baby on the mother's abdomen or chest. Um, but I think that's one concern that moms have is that with the delayed cord clamping, especially if the doctor's holding the baby underneath <laughs> the mom, that they can't have that immediate skin-to-skin contact. So you're saying that this, that these, that this can go together. Absolutely. I mean, it's really the most natural and easiest way to do delay cord clamping is just for that mom to hold the baby. Um, and even our physicians up on labor and birth at Mercy are more and more going to skin-to-skin contact, warm blankets over both mom and baby, and doing more of the delayed cord clamping. Um, I think that's the trend that we're seeing across. You know, at that point, um, circulation is equilibrating, the baby's temperature is getting regulated, respirations, blood sugars, heart rates, hormones. From that immediate contact with mom, um, it really starts the maternal-infant bonding process. You know, it's really the way birth was meant to be. Right. Um, And when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that some moms are wanting to save their placentas. Can you talk a little bit about that and what what the placenta can be used for after birth? So we are seeing, um, I think, more moms across the country that are wanting to do what we call placental encapsulation. It's not something that has been really well-researched yet. Um, that's more based on anecdotal reports. But the thought behind it is, you know, you take the placenta, um, you dry it, or you, you boil it, you dry it, you slice it, you grind it, put it into capsules, and then mom takes it postpartum. Um, in order to get more iron in to improve her her energy levels and improve her mood so that there's less risk of postpartum depression. So we see some moms who want to do that um, and even some moms up in labor and delivery who would like to do that and I think that is a huge opportunity for research in this country. So the after the baby is delivered then how soon after is the placenta delivered? Uh, Placentas typically deliver about 5 to 15 minutes after the baby's born. Um, Really up to 30 minutes is considered within normal ranges. And you said that the placenta stops pumping blood through the cord. 
within five, three to five minutes after baby's born? Generally within three to five minutes. Um, I've seen some that will go for 15 or 20, but that is really um, on the end of the bell curve, so to speak. So really kind of in about that three, five minute range. And then there's something called a lotus birth where the mom, where the cord is not cut after delivery and is allowed to fall off naturally, which can take seven to 10 days. Can you talk about that a little bit and whether that's something you've seen among your clients? You know, we've not yet had a mom who has practiced lotus birthing here at the birthing center. I'm sure we will um, in the future. So yes, just like you said, a lotus birth is where the baby and the cord and placenta are all left attached until that cord naturally falls off um, from the baby around seven to 10 uh, days of life. So the idea is you keep them together. Generally, the placenta is salted um, and you just put it in a little bucket and then you you carry it or a little um, wrap and you carry it around with the baby until it naturally separates. And then I suppose some people like to plant the placenta to help fertilize a tree or something in honor of their baby's birth? We do see some moms taking their placentas home either to plant by a tree as just a memory um, or, you know, by some flower bush. They want to, you know, have the memories of that. Um, Some take it home and um, will use it not in capsules but put it in a smoothie or something to get that iron in. You know, if you look on Google, there are other crazy things that you'll see out there, fun things. Um, People sometimes make prints, um, pictures of their placenta, or make um, stuffed bears. If you've seen these placenta bears, there's all kinds of things you can do with it. Um, And really, that's at the discretion of mom. Placenta bears, that's a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So placenta has been nourishing baby for, for nine months, so... I guess I can understand why some moms would feel a connection to it, but I'm not sure I'm ready for taking it home and (laughs) grinding it up and swallowing it yet. But uh, thank you so much. Uh, Again, we are with Elizabeth Cook, director of the Mercy Birthing Center, and we are talking today about cutting the cord. And you can go to stltoday.com or your favorite podcast app to hear more episodes of the Inside the Post-Dispatch podcast series. Also, be sure to check out the best podcast in baseball featuring Cardinals beat writer Derek Gould and sports columnist Benjamin Hockman. Thank you for joining us.